0: Welcome and thanks for tuning in to Real People, Real Talk, relevant conversations that take you from surviving to thriving. This is the podcast that goes there. My name is Paul Calco and I'm your host. Now let's talk. Thank you so much for joining us today. Um, as you see, the title of this episode is A Step in the Right direction we are going to address the current events that's facing our country our nation right now i just want to frame the conversation we want peace we want reconciliation but we also want change repentance and justice i firmly believe that racism is indeed a gospel issue um the gospel call calls us to love and racism isn't love all right racism is stemmed from hate so this is real people real talk so i'm going to say this Anybody who says that racism isn't a gospel issue, you're wrong. So, with me, I have some distinguished guests, and I'm so excited that they took out time of their week to come and share. We have April Harris, who works at the Capitol Police in Jackson, Mississippi, my home state. She also went to Mississippi College and has been married for two years. And we know that this is audio, but I want you to know that she is a black female officer. But most importantly, she is an image bearer for Jesus. Then we have Ster- Sterling Willis. He works with the Montgomery County Sheriff's Office, and he was also um, a personal trainer before that. He is a white male cop, but most importantly, he is an image bearer of Jesus Christ. Then we have Matthew Weaver. We both went to New Orleans Baptist Theological Seminary. He's one of the pastors at Vincent's Church NOLA. He is a hus- has been a husband for three years. He is a white pastor, but once again, he is an image bearer for God. So each of them, they love the Lord and they have been made in the image of God. We have diversity of thought. We're probably going to have different opinions, but we're all coming to the table. We're going to have an honest, open, transparent dialogue as we talk about solutions for our nation's current issues. So, for example, when April speaks, she's not speaking for all black female cops. She's speaking as April and the same thing for for Madden and for Sterling as well. But let me be clear. I am not a fence straddler. I am a bridge builder. If we as a nation want to see true, lasting change, we need everyone at the table having those hard conversations. But before uh, we get into it with the panel, I just want to share with you I'm blessed to um, have non black friends that have reached out and texted me. For example, I had various texts that would go along with something like this We love you and your wife, Ariel, and we stand with you. Um, another guy, who's a lawyer reached out to me saying if you have any friends that get into any trouble at the protest, I'll do what I can to help you then another lady by the name of Gwen she reached out to me in an email that said you are so dearly loved i am committed to building racial reconciliation in our community and look forward to praying and talking with you more about what can i do i am learning and i don't know how to talk about systematic injustice but i want to be part of the solution i'm listening so Without any further ado, let's get into it. So I just want to ask my friends here, how are things looking and feeling in your world?
1: Paul, I can can kick us off. Uh, Thanks for having us on today. And I would just kind of just really quickly kind of echo what your friend Gwen said. You know, Um, I think uh, for me, you know, as you introduced me, you know, I'm a white Pastor, I live in the New Orleans area, but I'm originally from Georgia, and grew up in South in uh, uh, in Georgia. Also lived in South Carolina for a little bit, and I know we're gonna get into some some of those things later on. But because of who I am, where I've been, what my experiences are, um, all those things shape the way you look at things, right? And uh, for me, you know, as as a pastor, it's been interesting because we're still in New Orleans not quite recovered from uh, the coronavirus, right? We're still not meeting in person. Our church is not meeting in person yet. And so it's been difficult because I can't see people and encourage them like I'd like to and like have conversations in person and be like, and so I'm having to do that through text and email and social media. And obviously Facebook, there's so much out there. And so uh, it's been difficult. You know, me, obviously I can't relate to what's going on and so what i've tried to do just like your friend glenn said is listen um it's been heartbreaking to see uh a lot of uh obviously the death of george floyd and many other things it's been heartbreaking um and as a pastor you just have to be very aware that people in your church have all kind of experiences that they're bringing to the table and so i got to be really careful you got to be really careful the pastor you know like what you say, what you put out there and being sensitive to everybody, you know, and sensitive to the Holy spirit. So that's, uh, it's been difficult knowing what to do. Um, and so I'm trying to take the approach of listen and encourage and check on people and seek God. And that's kind of where I'm at right now.
0: Thank you, man, for sharing.
1: I'll share Paul.
0: Okay.
2: Um, so just piggybacking on what Matthew said, you know, just based off of George Floyd and the video that surfaced, um, I'm pretty sure Sterling can agree, but um, coming from a law enforcement background, um, just the training that we get, they teach us, you know, you really can't carry your emotions to work. So I internalize a lot and in- when I saw the video, I really didn't know how to feel. So, um, I'm just kind of used to, um, internalizing a lot that I see. Mm. Um, but I do think it had to happen in order to bridge gaps as far as racial conciliation and stuff like that. So.
0: Mm. Thank you so much for sharing.
3: Well, um, you no, know, the way things look and feel in my world uh, a lot of it's based off of social media, and I find myself having to get off of the platforms just because it is uh it's very infuriating to me um just you know the video of George Floyd that surfaced it wasn't right uh, we're not taught that we are not taught to do that um, and I'll get into other things later about training. However, um, you know, I feel like the overwhelming majority of Americans still support police, however, the media portrays a larger image, you know they have control of all that, so uh, it's a really eerie feeling right now for law enforcement just seeing you know how many cops have been killed within the last six or seven days uh, just over the death of George Floyd. it's sad
0: it's', it's extremely sad man I think about the quote from Denzel Washington. He said if you don't read the newspaper you're uninformed but if you do read it you are misinformed. So I won't um whoever wants to just kind of speak to the media's part in this.
2: Uh, I'll speak um just I pray that the media understands that um you well I'll speak on my part um the media really does and portray the good cops and what they do and how they wake up every day putting their lives on the line so a lot of what we see i feel like is the bad stuff that cops go through and i feel like the bad ones make it hard for the good ones and they spoil it for the good ones so just understand that um all cops are not bad and there are some good cops out there that actually get up go to work every day trying to make a difference in the lives of the community so
0: and we appreciate y'all for that. We really do. Because I, I brought that question up because I want to remind our people, everybody that's listening, listening, it's not about black versus white. <laughs> it's not about black versus blue. It's like black people versus the police. It is or rather it should be everybody against racism or I mean, not or, but and everybody against injustice. So we need to really remember who the real enemy is. So that's that's the media, man. How I want to ask you guys, how do you think the church or us as the body of Christ? How should we respond to current events? And, And I get it. This is a evolving and complex question. But let's go there.
1: Yeah. Paul, one thing I think of with everything going on, everybody, every human being is in the image of God. Uh, We believe that no one is an accident, no one is a mistake, and God God created diversity, and He loves it uh, because it demonstrates how big and how great and amazing God is that, that He would make us so different. Um, and as Christians, we're called to be image bearers of God, right? We're, we're called to, uh, because we're made in the image of God, we're called to reflect God to the world around us. And it's, it's heartbreaking, you know, when I think about what is going on. Um, we're not doing a good job at all of reflecting the image of God. And, you know, I love what you said in the very beginning. This is a gospel issue. Um, and because we are letting racism and it's the sin of that, that is so deep, right? Because we're letting it divide us and cause all these things that are happening. It's, it's just sad that, you know, we're not, we're not being good image bearers of God. And now I know that, you know, uh, not everybody's a Christian in this co- in this situation. I understand that, but even, even go back to what, what uh, I think Sterling said a minute ago about social media. I mean, what is being put out there and the attacks and the, there's a difference in like a conversation, which we need to be having and then just going at it. Right. And and um, and so I think the church, you know, we need to strive for unity, but this is going to be a journey, of course. Uh, one thing we should all immediately go to is prayer. Uh, we need to be broken. All of our hearts need to be completely broken over what's going on. Uh, if our hearts are not broken we really need to check ourselves right we really need to check our hearts and let the holy spirit really do some work there um, and then we need to be repentant so all of us you know sin in our hearts any ounce of racism in all of our hearts we need to repent of that and let the holy spirit cleanse us of that and we need to move forward and take action so I think it starts with this, you know, you read about this in scripture, Paul, you know, like this, um, mourning, you know, this lamenting. When you read the book of Psalms, it's like something has happened. You lament and you feel the weight, but you don't stop there. You let that lament then drive you to seek God's face and then let God work in your heart and then take action, make a difference and respond. So those are some general thoughts that I've been thinking about. It was all, probably a lot
3: more
0: than we said, but in a nutshell, that was on my mind. Yes, that's good stuff, man. So, that's where we got to start. Would anybody else like to speak to that?
3: I will. Um, you know, as far as the church, how they need to respond to it is um, they need to become more diverse and, you know, target dem- uh, different demographics, which I think that Champions Forest does an excellent job at doing. Um, all their, you know, sister churches to the main church. Uh, they're very diverse. I, I haven't seen anything like it before. Um, as far as, you know, rioting and looting goes, you know, there's been talk of it coming back to the suburbs, which is not good. Um, but I do think that churches need to step up security a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Protect themselves and the people inside. So speaking
0: of so with the rioting and the looting, there's a, a disconnect between black and blue African Americans and our uh, police officers. How can I want our, and our officers to speak specifically to this? But how can we work towards a plan for reuniting the divide between black and blue? And once again, this is a complex issue; it's ever evolving. But let's go there.
2: I think. Um, just me personally, um, not too long ago, sometime last week, like Friday or Saturday, um, Jackson, Mississippi actually had a unity walk in I know George Floyd. So I was off, I worked that Friday, but the walk was on Saturday. So one thing I did was I joined in on the walk, um, just to bridge that gap and get to know the people of Jackson, me being new, um, just to kind of build relationships and things like that. But you know, to actually show up and make relationships with people that are not my skin color, but people of different races and things like that. So I think the first step we have to do is actually show up and be the gap for each other. Um, and also um, make sure that we're protesting for the right reasons. You know, I understand the issues that happen, but are we still going to be protesting two months from now or two years from now? You know what I'm saying? So. I think we just actually have
0: to show up and actually put in the work to bridge gaps. I agree. You said a mouthful there. We got to show up, put in the work to bridge the gaps. And that's such a sight to see when we see um, other policemen uh, walking (laughs) along in unity with Mm -hmm. those
3: that are protesting. So Sterling, what would you, what would you say to that, man? Um, Well, uh, you know, as a law enforcement officer, I treat everyone with respect until they prove me otherwise. Um, I don't see people and treat them a certain way because of their skin color. Mm -hmm. Um, I've never done that. You know, I grew up in small town, Georgia. um, And I, you know, moved out to Texas and it broadened my eyes because this place is a melting pot. I've never been racist. My mom, she never, you know, I just didn't grow up that way, you know. I've got people of different skin colors in my family and it's just uh it's something, you know. I, I've I've grown up to see um you know people need to start bringing it upon themselves to act like we are all a unit. I think people are also going to have to change their mindset about police officers as a whole. We're not out to get you, we're out to help you. That's why 99.9% of us signed up to do what we do. We go through extreme background checks, systematic phasing to get hired on. You know, it took me a year to get hired on at my department. I don't know of any other job that does that outside of what the Secret Service. Um, It's extremely difficult to become a cop. And, you know, it it, it goes both ways. I think that we need to be a little bit more uh, open with the public. Uh, For instance, you know, on my traffic stops, you know, I explain to everybody what's happening, why it's happening, why I did what I did, and I just try to be very transparent with people. That way, they understand like this guy's a real piece of work. Just you know, pulling me over, detaining me, doing doing what he does. It is a job. However, uh, I, I go out of my way to be as transparent as I can with anybody and everybody.
0: That's good. And as a civilian, as a citizen, I appreciate that. Like if if I ever have any interaction with a police, like it'd be nice to know like what's going on. So I do appreciate that, that sentiment. And with all that's going on in our nation, the, the enemy, the one enemy that we are fighting is against, you know, the devil and against, you know, injustice. He would use ignorance. He would use biases to, to divide us, have us thinking they have like, Black people thinking ill of police, police thinking ill of black people, white people, et cetera, have us thinking ill of each other, sometimes due through ignorance, sometimes through um, because of biases, sometimes because of media, sometimes because of what happens. But Matt, I want you to speak to that just as it relates to ignorance and biases that can divide us.
1: It's something I've been thinking about a lot, and I've been reflecting on experiences that I've had growing up and how they shape. The way I've been looking at this situation, so um, kind of like you know, uh, you know, we all grow up in different places, you know, and we're all from different places. And we all have different families, different homes, different counties that we live in, different towns, different school systems, different churches. I mean, you name it. We're we're all coming from different places, and that environment that we're around. Is what we know, right? And, uh, and, you know, in itself, a bad thing. It's not like I need to feel bad for being born in Georgia. I don't need to feel guilty for being living in Georgia, South Carolina, Louisiana, New Orleans. I, don't, I just don't, that's just part of your story, right? That's a beautiful thing. But I think uh, I love what you said a second ago about moving to Texas and experiencing that melting pot. That's partly happened with me with moving to New Orleans. Um, my wife is from New Orleans. I've been here now for um going on six years. I didn't think I'd still be here, you know, and even here for seminary originally, but God God has kept me here. And what I what I've been exposed to down here has shaped my worldview, has changed and shifted some of the ways that I look at the bigger picture of what's going on. And not everybody has that experience. And um and so for those of us that do have that experience, I think we need to help encourage other people to think a little bigger, to widen their scope, and to do that in a loving way, right? Um, you know, to not make them feel bad about it or guilty, but just to say, look, there's a lot more going on than what you see on the news, on Facebook, or what your friend said. Um, for those of us that don't have that experience, we need to be very, very, very careful to not take power uh, biases you know, and place them on everything around us. Does that make sense? Uh, I'm guilty of that. I'm speaking tonight from experience. And, um, you know, a lot of things that I've thought about ignorance, right? Paul, you talked about ignorance, like a lack of understanding, a lack of um, knowledge and awareness. Um, You know, I, I have a good bit of black friends, but how many times have I sat down and asked them to tell me their story? you know and i'm just being this is real talk so i'm just being real you know and god has convicted me of that you know um and i think it's when we hear other people's stories that our our perspective is opened um you know i think about having empathy towards other people not just sympathy right sympathy is is that feeling sorry for someone that's not really what we need right now right we need empathy we need people that um are willing to step into someone else's world and listen to them and put themselves in their shoes. That's what we need right now. We need listening. You know, one thing that I'm learning, I don't have a whole lot to add add right now because I can't relate directly to what's going on. So what I'm trying to do is take a step back and listen. I know I have a voice. I know I need to speak up when God calls me. But before I can really do that, I need to really understand what's going on. And and from people that experienced those things that I love and trust. And so I'm just trying to educate myself and listen and raise my awareness to what's going on because my biases has affected that. And I need to get rid of that and look at this with fresh eyes and empathy. Um, I love, I'm seeing a lot of things right now that churches are doing with conversations And I love that. I think that's huge. We're having conversations that we weren't having before. Um, April spoke to to that a second ago, you know, but um, conversations are a good step. I don't think it's the end game, but I think it's a step and they got to happen, you know? So, um, you know, I think we all just need to approach this with humility and be willing to listen and love other people and search our own hearts and look at it from other people's perspective as, as much as we can.
0: That's so true. Humility, listening, and learning is a great first step. And it's just something, it's all of us, no matter what color or the badge or whatever, it's addressing our presuppositions on our ignorance and our biases and taking the time to get to know people that don't look like us or even vote like us. And I just want to speak specifically to the officers because you know your job is to protect and serve, and I just want to publicly and lovingly challenge you to hold your coworkers accountable. And mm-hmm. with that being said, I just want to ask you, um, April, you can go and then Sterling follow up. Is what are you willing to do to fight against police brutality in your local area?
2: For me, when I see it, to actually say something about it, based off the video um, or what I've been told, there were four or three other officers that were around and nobody stepped up and said anything or did anything. So my first answer will be when I see it, stop it or say something because at the end of the day, um, Mr. Floyd deserve protection from that. And that shouldn't have happened. So when you see it, say something.
3: To piggyback off what Matt said, um, you have to put yourself in other people's shoes and perspectives mm-hmm. A lot of people do not see what goes on behind the scenes with officers, you know, deputies, police officers, state troopers. I'm sorry, what are you doing again, April? Capitol Police. Police. Uh Okay. So, you know, in Secret Service, people people do not see what goes on behind the scenes and what we talk about. Um, Usually, from my experience, after a scene is over with and things are all said and done with, we get together, we collaborate. And we talk about what just happened, what can we do better? what was wrong? What did you do that was wrong? What did you do that was wrong? How can we fix this issue and become better at the next one? That being said, you never know what life's gonna throw at you um, I've walked into situations and they've gone south like that it's 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 a very, very tricky question to fight against police brutality though it's you know we have to hold each other accountable, and uh, a lot of people don't see that we we do each other accountable. It's just, uh it goes very unnoticed and unseen. I'm sure April can speak for this, but people will dime you out in a heartbeat if you do something wrong.
2: Yes, sir.
0: Yep. And that's stuff that we as citizens and civilians like to hear and don't often get the chance to hear that. And that's why I wanted to use this platform to hear from y'all, from, hear from our officers as well that have sworn to protect and to serve. As April said, like if you see something, Say something, and Sterling said, like after the scene is over, we we come together and we debrief and see how we can do things how we can do things better. and so I appreciate you for sharing that and being willing to to fight against police brutality in your local in your local area. so the last question I have for us is, and it gets a little bit deeper, just like I say, this conversation is about accountability. what are you doing in your life to improve racial relations?
2: I like what um, Matt said. Just kind of putting yourself out there and kind of being humble enough to hear other people's stories because like how I am, I'm pretty good with my circle. Like I have my circle of friends and I'm comfortable with that. But um, one thing I want to get better at is actually opening myself up to hear people's story who don't necessarily look like I do. So that's one thing I'm willing to do and try to actually be intentional
0: about that's good it's about being it by being intentional yep. exactly right man what would you say to
1: that i mean i definitely echo that but you know i think the first step is if we're talking about me just personally what am i doing i think I've, i don't know man i think i've been spending a lot of time asking like searching my heart and you know i'm not perfect And we've all got areas deep, deep in our hearts that if we're not careful can, can lead to race, can lead to racism, can lead to outward things, can lead to um, division, you know, you name it. And, uh, you know, we got to search our own hearts first. And so we got to put all the things on the table that we don't like about ourselves that are causing us to, you know, to not react well. Um, After we do that, you know, and that's a, you know, as a Christian, that's a daily thing, you know, um, search, search me, oh God, and know, and know me test my thoughts, test my heart, you know, in the Psalms. I mean, and that's so true. Um, I can, I can look at stuff on on the news and on social media and say, man, I can't believe them and point a finger and I am heartbroken by it. But if I'm being honest, I've got to go back to myself too and make sure I am, I want the Holy Spirit expose that stuff and deal with it and then you know this is you know i'm a little overwhelmed with everything knowing what to do because it just feels like such a long road um it might i I really don't know you know but uh i'm gonna go back to conversations you know um i need to ask people i need to listen better um i need to you know step into other people's worlds you know, not to repeat myself so much, but I do think that that goes into every sphere of your life, you know, um, really listen to people. I mean, really take a seat, you know, and, and this is not the time for me to tell people necessarily. It's time for me to listen and and to lead by example, I think. And, um, and then when I speak, it's because I've listened first. That's where I'm at, honestly. I'm like, I'm just trying to take all this in and listen to, to my, my brothers and sisters and pray and ask for the Holy Spirit to give me the words to speak. Um, and so, uh, we need to be ready to make ourselves uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. That just, that just hit me. I think we have been all living in our comforts and our biases and our worlds. And we, it's so easy to avoid others, to avoid the other worlds and I think right now we're, 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 we're we're seeing that we can't keep doing that Mm. and truly please God the way he wants us to live. It just can't happen. We need to learn to be diversified and to let uh, all of our stories make each other better and stronger and, and more unified. Um, so I'm not sure I kind of talked in circles there, but you know, I guess to sum that up, I guess make yourself be one to make yourself uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. To, to, to sum that up, maybe.
0: Man, if you call that talking in circles, I want to talk in circles because you said <laughs> you said some good stuff there, man. Ready to make ourselves uncomfortable and then to listen before we speak. Cause the Bible says we need to be quick to listen. Sterling, yeah. what, what would you add to that,
3: Sterling? Um, You know, I don't really feel like I'm doing... Anything in my life to improve racial relations because um, I don't look at people based off their skin color. I look at people and I treat them based off, you know, their actions. And um, I just try to be the good guy with good morals and good ethics. I've never, um, I've never seen color as a factor of the way that I treat somebody. In fact, as far as uh, you know. I've always admired the African American community because they bring so much culture to what we have today called America. So, I've never, I've never just I'm going in circles right now. Um, perspective is everything. So, you, I'm grateful for what you
0: said, sir. It kind of remind me what MLK said. They want. You know, that would be judged not by the color of our skin, but by the content of our character. And sometimes like I I get it, like everything is not about race. There's preferences, for example, I don't care what color color you are, if you like to play basketball we're going to instantly burn right there. But the only reason we're bringing up race now just what what seems to be like the the issue now. And speaking of race, I just want to ask you this, and it may be controversial, but let's go there. And whether we agree or disagree, let's talk about it with the lens of we are still brothers and sisters in Christ um, during this call and after this call. But why do you think that the phrase Black Lives Matter is so controversial? Why is that?
3: I think that if I may speak first, I um, I think it's so controversial because of what the media just keeps portraying. Um, they're not showing the good that has been happening. They're showing all the negative and all the fights and the riots and the looting, and it is. Um, I think it's bringing a lot of discredit upon the movement. Good word.
1: Yeah. Um, Paul, I'll speak from a guy's perspective from observing things and, and just, you know, I think, I think this goes back to a little bit of the ignorance thing. I think it's a pride issue. I, I definitely agree with Sterling. And then I think even what it really means and, you know, it's not, it's, a, it's not a bad thing. And if somebody knew it, it really means, I think. If they struggled with it, it would be because of pride and a lack of owning up to the fact that racism is still happening. I think a lot of people in my generation, your generation, Paul, have maybe thought and been ignorant to the reality that racism is going on still Um, and that it's, it's, you know, I don't know. Maybe sometimes when we think of that, we think of the past and we don't think of the present. And, you know, that's sad and that's not, that's the farthest thing from the truth, right? And so when we hear, when somebody hears a phrase like that and they don't like it, it's a number of negative things that they need to deal with. Um, When it's, when it is the right way, like Sterling said, you know, when the media is not twisting it, what it's doing is it's addressing the issue that we need to deal with, you know? And uh, ignorance and being blinded to what's really going on in other people's lives is, plays into the way we react to that and a lot of that could be pride and selfishness or just being who knows, oblivious and ignorant, like I said, and a lack of empathy. All those things we kinda open up this conversation with. It kind of it can kind of go back to that, I think.
0: We'll say it. For my listeners that's in the church, I give you an example, um, as Jesus was telling the parable how, you know, he would leave the ninety nine sheep and go after that one sheep that was lost um you wouldn't see all the disciples coming up to jesus and say what about the, the other 99 all the sheep matter yes that goes without saying all sheep matter all lives matter but at that in that parable that particular instance the focus was on that one sheep Just like now the particular instance is on african-americans and what we're going mm-hmm. through so that's what and then for those that don't don't read the Bible, hey i got an example for you too i did not leave you out Nobody, at least I hope they won't, but nobody is going to walk up to a relay for life and say, you know what? All diseases matter. Like we get that. All diseases and all cures matter, but at the relay yeah. for life at that particular instance, we're talking about cancer. All right. And okay. those wasn't original to me. Yeah. Um I get a lot of my information from memes, so I saw that on social media. So social media can have a good good part as well. And so you may be out here and say, I'm I'm not. I'm not black. What can I do to help? I got a few things for you. First of all, you can use your voice. Yes, it's a good thing to text your African American friends. Um, that's a great start. Like text them how are they doing, how are they like processing this as well. And then also, I'm a pause here. Also, for us, um, as African American to have conversations with those in law enforcement and keep the conversation going with them it goes both ways we need everybody at the table going for a solution but for my non non-african-american friends yes text your african-american friends ask them how they're doing but also when we as black people when we're not around and your friend say say something racist
1: mm-hmm.
0: call them out like the fight against racial reconciliation, not just when you're texting us, but it's when it's when we're not in those places where you are with with your friends. Martin Luther King said it this way. In the end, we will remember not the words of our enemies, but the silence of our friends. So in the book of Galatians, verse 11 says, when Peter came to Antioch, I and this is Paul talking, I opposed him to his face because he stood condemned for before certain men came from James, he was eating with the Gentiles. But when but when they came, he drew back, separating himself, fearing the circumcision party. When he saw the other Jews around, he then treat the Gentiles right. And Paul checked them on that. He called him out. He says, when I saw their conduct talking about Peter, Paul is saying this to Peter, was not in step with the truth of the gospel. I said to Peter before all of them, not, not in private, before all of them, if you, though a Jew, live like a Gentile and not like a Jew, how can you force the Gentiles to live like a Jew? In other words, treat everybody right at the same time. I love that phrase when it says when I saw that his conduct was not in step with the truth of the gospel, and I want to challenge you when you see others, and this is for, for all races, for everybody, when you see people that's not walking, their conduct is not in step with the truth of the gospel, call them out on it. As the Bible does say, to speak the truth in love. So I want to encourage you, my listeners, thank you so much for listening, to keep the conversation going, no matter how hard it gets, no matter how awkward it gets, no matter how uncomfortable it may get. I will also say, less lecturing and more listening and another thing please pray before you post pray before you share some article that could be really dismissive of the movement and hurt your african-american brothers and sisters in christ so friends i just want to say thank you so much april thank you so much sterling Thank you so much, Matthew, for being a part of this conversation. As we just talked about race reconciliation, we talked about police brutality and was willing to come to the table and have this tough conversation. And before I conclude, I just want to ask, do any of you guys have any parting shots y'all like to say?
1: I'll say uh, one thing, Paul, is just diversity. We're talking about color, right? People of different race. It's a beautiful thing. And when we look at people the way that God wants us to look at people. It brings him honor and glory because he is the creator of us. God created all of us, the color that we are. We're not an accident. We're not a mistake. No one is better than anybody else, period. We're all on equal footing here, made in the image of God in need of Jesus. And when we look at, I know we, those of us, we say we don't see color. I know what we mean by that. But to change the the conversation a little bit, saying we should see color, but we should see it in a good way. Does that make sense? So we don't see we don't want to see color as in racism, but we should see color as a celebration of God's creation, and live in that beautiful reality. Heaven is going to be people from every nation, tribe, and tongue. So we better get used to it now and enjoy it and love it now, and learn learn to um, learn to live in that. You know, because heaven is going to be an unending journey with Christ and with one another from all the nations. And God wants us to go ahead and prepare the way for that. Now as Christians, we can do that.
0: That's a good word. Cause if you don't like seeing people that don't look like you, you're not going to enjoy heaven. <laughs> and Matt, I love what you said. Right. We said about seeing color in a positive way. Like I want you to see me that I'm black and still love me mm-hmm. the same way that I see you. Mm-hmm. You're white. I still love you as my brother in Christ. So listen, I just want to say this episode has added value to you. I ask that you will consider sharing it with others. And I want to, let's take the conversation high. Let's transcend the colors that can divide us like black, white, blue. And let's focus on what unites us in this red. And it's the blood of Jesus Christ that unite all believers. This is not the time for the church to be divided. This is the time and it's always the time for the church to be united. Uh, Let me quote Michael Jackson. He said in in this song, Man in the Mirror, if you want to make the world a better place, take a look at yourself and make a change. Each of you that's listening, you have a part to play in, in the progress of our nation as you're going through what we're going through. I'll admit today we didn't solve this complex issue of racism. We didn't solve this complex issue of police brutality. We didn't solve this complex issue of race relations. But what we did was take a step in the right direction. Today I don't have my normal fancy outro and say we're going to conclude with a few moments of silence for the victims of police brutality um, for those that died of covid like we're still in covid man like all the other things that transpired we're still in dealing with this pandemic and not just those that died of covid but I also want to have a moment of silence of those that died during covid and just want to lift up um this time for those who wasn't able to grieve for their family members in the normal way because of the regulations with covid and especially just want to do a shout out to my memphis family um the calcos in memphis um as we lost our aunt juanita who was a a great woman of faith so we already know what she is to be absent from the bodies to be present with the lord and so let's just take a moment of silence